Welcome to this week's episode of Safe Room, BlayDisgusting.com's Dead Pixels horror video game podcast, delivering a horrifying new episode every Monday. I'm one of your hosts, Jay Krieger. And I am the other one, Neil Bolt. And this week we're chatting about what is, without question, the most hardcore zombie game we've ever played, that being uh, Project Zomboid from developer The Indie Stone. Project Zomboid is, simply put, an RPG number cruncher's wet dream, throwing the player into an isometric survival horror open world where they'll have to scavenge and scour areas for supplies and resources while combating the ever-volatile undead hordes. So, Neil, you put Project Zomboid back on my radar uh, when you recently wrote about it for Bloody Disgusting, uh, and that's when I realized that this game has been in development for a decade plus, I think? Yeah, in some form or another, it's been around for a long, long while, yeah. Yeah, a long time. Um, And, you know, to be fair, from afar, some people might say, uh, well... This doesn't look like something that's remotely evident of something that's been in development for, you know, a decade around. Mm. But I think as uh, I learned very quickly, they could not be more wrong, wouldn't they? Yeah, it's uh, something else. You know, I think there are games that have done the same sort of thing you know, in the years past and probably gone on to make the developers more money by going on to other projects. But this and the commitment to it and knowing exactly what they want to get out of it it's both the most old school PC game in some ways uh, which is exactly part of the reason why I love it and also but also so feature deep despite not being finished still you know it's still not out of early access so but there's so much to it that just feels perfect and understanding of what makes zombie stuff really good and you know I've talked at length about how much I love the whole idea of you know zombie apocalypses and all the all nuances behind it and this is a game that gets it down to a granular level and that is definitely not for everyone that <laughs> has to be said you know <laughs> even within people who love zombie games and zombie apocalypses and all those sort of things it is unforgiving in ways that border on the absurd you know and I think that again helps it as a game because it's just it's funny sometimes the things that the game will throw at you and you'll be like how what the fuck you know like that <laughs> and you're, you're mad at yourself more than anything at the end of the day when things go wrong yeah I think you put it best in terms of like this Project Zomboid captures the nuances of a zombie apocalypse in a way that I don't think any other game has. Mm. And, you know, other developers have certainly tried to capture that sense of, you know, the realities that go well beyond uh, bashing in the brains of the undead Mm. and trying to, like, capture the sense of, you know, you have to farm resources and you have to sort of uh, reinforce your home base, as it were, and all these things. And yet, you know, I admittedly probably have played it less than you. I played for about five hours, five or six hours, and I feel like I barely scratched the surface mm. and was continually surprised to the d- different uh, depths in which the survival management and the RPG sort of stat crunching goes in some ways that are continually shocking while also being, I would say, I don't know if annoying is the right word to use, <laughs> but, you know, it's definitely sometimes it feels a bit tedious in some regards, but at the same time, it makes a zombie game that is... You know, it's uh, unexpected, I think, is the best way to put it. I find when I play a lot of zombie games, within the first hour or so, you kind of have a general idea of, okay, these are the various combat elements, and then these are the sort of, like, brief survival elements. But Project Zomboid takes that in a ludicrous way that, you know, it's not for everybody, but I think I can definitely appreciate the depth to which they have really channeled the uh, survival sim aspect of yes. this game or of games that we've played in the past but specifically applying it to the zombie apocalypse which makes for a zombie game we have uh, never really seen the likes of yeah I mean the best description of this game has been pretty much been like Daisy meets the Sims you know it, because and yeah. that's it because you know the isometric viewpoint is obviously like oh yeah very Sims X but also in the fact that you are managing your character to the nth degree you know you are not just trying to yeah make them survive in the normal sense of like oh well you've got to craft some weapons oh you've got to find some food it's 
right down to the well they can't be bored you can't just sit them in a dark room <laughs> all night while they're waiting out you know the latest onslaught they've got to have some form of entertainment or they're just going to get depressed over time you know you can't go running forever or you'll sweat so much that you're clothes will get wet and then you have to take you have to take such careful consideration to all these little things and the learning curve of that while brutal is just so fascinating to me because you'll make these kind of mistakes that ultimately lead to downfall and they seem so trivial you know it's like the fact that you you decided to abandon your house uh, and go running off and then you had to escape what was going on and end up in a forest and running for too long and sweating too much so you have to take clothes off and of course that left you more susceptible to being bitten and I mean a bite here is lethal not instantly but you know you are going to die at some point and at that point you know you can take it one or two ways it's like well what do I do with the remaining time do I use it to sort of think more about this area Uh, I mean these maps are huge they're all based on areas of uh, Kentucky and they do all sorts of things, you know. The, the forest alone is huge, you know, it, it, like real life huge. And you can go through it for a long, long time without seeing anything. And you do it in the night, and it's just like the worst idea you could ever have. But yeah, it is a game that very much, um, like we were saying, you know, Daisy is uh, a game that comes to mind in so many ways, is because like that game it's very anecdotal in nature you know you have a game that doesn't have a real story beyond the one that you're telling through your actions and that's what makes it special I mean you can have stories in games but I don't think all games need to have a story and rely on a story and this is very much one that is best served by the fact that you are making the story yeah and that anecdotal nature I think is further reinforced just by the gameplay Mm. right and for many of the reasons that we'll get into but you know before that story that the player is starting each time they load up a new character even begins right they have that early on decision of okay am i going to use one of these preset classes which has you facilitating the role of like the various occupations like firefighter police officer these various things that come with the attributes and strengths that you would assume would come with a role like that or you can do what i did and start out as a custom class, which then you start with basically like eight perk points and you get to pick skills that each skill you pick, it detracts from that number Mm. eight. So like if I pick the uh, first aid perk that makes me more more strongly suited to handle my first aid things, then that's like minus four points. It's varying degrees of like checks and balances. And then if you feel the need that you like, oh, I want to take more positive perks then you have to balance those out with negative yes. perks. So like if I want to be stronger at, or faster rather, at um, transitioning items from like a cupboard to my backpack, and then I find myself like, oh, okay, I've taken too many you know positive perks, mm. then I might have to take something that is more of negative, like, oh, my guy needs to sleep more, yeah. or he's more prone to getting food illnesses, things like that. The checks and balances that are very reminiscent of a lot of hardcore PC RPGs, like we've mentioned, I think... Something like Fallout stands out to me where it's like, oh, well, you can take on certain perks or if you use too many stim packs, it's like there's going to be a negative that comes up like, oh, you'll get addicted to that. Or (laughs) if you are are good with handguns or something like that, all of a sudden, like your melee skills will go down. Hmm. And the checks and balances that come with that, while very hardcore, they're complemented by the style of game that this is and furthermore facilitate that anecdotal nature like you know, I haven't played it as much as you, but I could see myself sticking with this for so long mm. and, you know, becoming more and more accustomed to it and wanting to present more of a challenge that I could be like, well, maybe I'll be really strong in this regard, but then I'll sort of, you know, cut myself off at the knees, so to speak, and being like, oh, he has to sleep a lot or he's very, he's very easily panicked. Mm. You know, you can kind of create these obstacles for yourself on yeah. top of what is always a very difficult uh, experience. You know, that might be my uh, masochistic side sticking out in terms of game difficulty, but I like the idea that this is a game that really you get what you take out of it. Yeah, and again, this goes into the whole Sims-style thing. You know, I The Sims is another game I love because I love that you can put these different personality types together in rooms and 
make them interact or just let them interact and there's an aspect of that here you know in terms of you can create any kind of character you want to be in this world and they don't have to be you can't make a perfect character which is the best part about it it's like if you want positive traits as you said you have to balance them out with the bad ones but you know it there's nothing that stops you from making a character that is just entirely awful and bad and just <laughs> weak everything i've seen uh, a youtuber i know uh, call me kevin he's um done some videos recently where he's like i will just be as bad as i can be um and just have all the bad traits i can in this environment and do see how long i can last in that and it's like it's hilarious mm. because yeah, it's like you get cut off of grazing off of everything and it's almost deadly. You know, you're having to sleep a lot, you're having to eat a lot. And it's just, I like that you can kind of set your own levels. You know, if you really think you suddenly become comfortable with how the game plays, how well, you know, you can make it harder on yourself if you really want. And the other thing I might point out here is that, especially when uh, you go to online options, you know, you some of them have like uh, mod packs you know for certain things to change the game experience and what I found quite refreshing was that if you go to a server that has that uh, it tells you what mods you need and they're not you don't have to pay for them it just says here download these ones and you download them and you can go in straight away like that and there's no fuss no fad or no separate pages nothing like that you just go into you download what's there on the page then you're allowed to go in and, and cool. I, I found that really really refreshing that approach to uh, mod content and it's a game that has really thrived from having mod content that isn't just like the usual sort of stuff you know it's stuff that enhances the world you're in and makes the game better in its own sorts of yeah. new ways and if anything also like even before dabbling in the world of the multiplayer side of things or the mods that come with that the game itself, I think, does something really smart. And, you know, obviously we had mentioned it's been in development for long enough that it could be fully realized yeah. in this way as being, you know, set in the zombie apocalypse, but at the roots, it is very much a survival sim. The idea that there are multiple multiple modes, as it were, in terms of like before when you're loading up yes. a new game, you can select things that are more in line with like, okay, there's more of an emphasis on stealth. Mm. There's more of an emphasis on combat or building or crafting, which, you know, the more recent... Uh, I suppose uh, comparisons would be something like Minecraft, yes. where it's like you can very clearly from the outset set that to meet the player's play style. But then also something that I appreciated about Zomboid was that you can select, and I correct me if I'm wrong, but you can select the size of the game world, I believe, or the density of the game world in terms of like the specific Kentucky neighborhood yeah. area that you are going to be playing in. So you can either do thickly or densely settled yeah. um, or sp sparingly settled mm. rather. Um, and that was something that I appreciated because, you know, as somebody that was not expecting it to be nearly as hardcore as it was, I made the mistake early on of going, oh, I'll have something that is uh, thickly settled. And then, of course, immediately coming face to face with a mob of 60 to 70 zombies and whatnot, which I, of course, was completely unprepared mm. for. But in terms of as difficult as the game is, I appreciate that they put in the the resources rather or the potential for an experience that further pushes a player to finding the most optimal experience yes. for themselves. You know, I feel like I played with the most uh, sparsely settled of the uh, starting areas, and I feel like I barely scratched the mm. surface of even that. But at the same time, as it was always a challenge, it did not feel as cripplingly difficult as I thought it yeah. would. Um, and so I just love the idea that there is a sense of scale there, but that scale or the the speed at which that scale ramps up is really up to the player after certain... Absolutely. And key to that, I think, is a consistency in how the zombies are presented. And, you know, there's no mm. multi-class zombies here. It's not, like, it's not like, oh, here's a rager, here's a f f big one, here's an exploding one. They are just zombies in the very traditional, slow-moving sense. And yet, it makes everything about that that I always loved work, you know, in a game form. You know, getting spotted by one zombie whilst you're sort of exploring outside near where you have holed up, it can be a death sentence if you don't take the right strategy from that moment. 
and that's perfect because you know they will follow you they will follow you until they know where you are and you have to sort of figure out how to sort of double round and not go in a certain way so they see you go into a building because they will try their best to try and follow you and then you know say you close the window and go into the place again they will bang at the window and that will attract more in the area who will also think like that and you know it's like if you're passing a window in a house they will and one happens to be around they will see you so you have the option to close curtains and if you don't have curtains you can rip up some sheets and make curtains and things like that just that kind of minute detail is perfectly in line with what appeals to me on the idea of the these experiences and yeah it's so amazing how quickly you can go from being very comfortable like oh well i've got a couple of houses here where there's plenty of supplies and a clean drinking supply and everything's going okay and you just happen to have one window where you don't have enough sheets to cover it and it'll be the one that the time they'll do it and you'll go upstairs and try and hope that they just lose interest and walk off but you know you'll be up there in the dark for ages and then you'll hear this smash and you'll be, there's a dread in you because like if one's got in what if it's two what if it's three and is it safe anymore can you fend them off do you have enough energy to do that do, you know do you want to risk getting bitten and it just it does just throw up all these options in your mind where you're like oh I, I don't know I, any of these things could happen and you're more than likely going to make the wrong decision because there's so many things that can go wrong but that in itself is the beauty of it it is the fact that you can die from such menial things is perfect perfect thing yeah you know this game really makes zombies for me scary Mm. again in a way that i've you know i don't think it's a stretch to say a majority of us have been desensitized to zombies whether it be movies Mm. or games right you know playing back for blood something like that as much as you know we are varying degrees of enjoyment with that but it's like when you kill a thousand of these things over the course of two hours and it's like well okay you're breaking it up by classifications again you know the special infected and then the shamblers or whatnot after a while you're like yeah okay these are more or less just like just i'm just gonna run through all these different things you kind of you know how many bullets you need to pump into one of these things to take them down and after a while they just become fodder whereas project zomboid i found every single encounter whether it be one zombie or three or of course obviously it's going to multiply in terms of difficulty the more you're facing but even approaching a one-on-one encounter or one-on-two encounter that can be a death sentence Mm. in and of itself and that is a level of dread that i haven't associated with a lot of zombie games in quite some time yeah um and it's it's something that again you know the entire game is clearly based around the survival element but it makes you think about every encounter in a way that if you're going to kind of like have a lackadaisy approach to combat or to any of the aspects of this game, then you're going to have a real short life, which kind of leads into it's not so much when the player or if the player is going to die, but when, right? I think that this is a game you have to approach and you have to be ready to die, not just a dozen times, but two dozen times or three dozen times, because it's more about seeing it's more about planning for the next life rather than the one in the actual moment. It's more about, I found, trying to live long enough to learn something new or a new strategy that is basically going to be used and inform the next life. I'm never thinking about in the moment, really, other than like, okay, experiment as much as possible, which for as difficult as the game is, I'm appreciative of the fact that I'm thinking about the future the Mm. entire time and having that sort of freedom of like, yeah, I'm going to die. It's a matter of when that gives me a certain level of freedom that while there, each encounter is like dread inducing at the same time, there's a freedom in that I found because I'm not so much like, Oh, well, I hope this guy lasts for three or four weeks or something. It's like, no, I want to learn as much Mm. as possible before the next life. And these early deaths are, you know, time, appears to go on uh, as each one dies so you can meet like the zombie versions of your previous characters in these worlds which is amazing in itself and of course as time goes on seasons go on and all this and the challenge changes and 
that itself is just so intimidating because as much as you're learning all these things, new things are kind of come up each time because of what you did the last time. Like that. It's mm. like, and you're not going to think about it in the moment because why would you? You know, it's like at the time you're trying to escape this, to escape that, and it didn't work out. And now you've accidentally attracted a bunch of zombies to an area that you'd would like to have kept quiet, you know, in, in solitude. One of my favorite, like, uh, anecdotes from this one is that, you know, I had a nice, fairly comfy house. Like I said, happened to stand in front of the wrong window at the wrong time, the wrong time of day, and have the attention of one zombie, and then it drew another, and drew another, drew another. They smashed through. I thought, well, I've got enough food on me, enough drink to last. Went through. I went through the, ran out the back, then in trying to sort of go round, attracted more of them, had to hop a fence, hopped into the nearby forest, got away from them for a while, but then the forest went on for so long. And, you know, it got to the point where, I, you know, the sweat had taken over, I was dying at first, and, you know, because <laughs> I, I had drank from the water in the house and I had one bottle of water. And honestly, it just the forest was so, so, so long to get through. And I was on the verge of dying. And out of nowhere, I came up on this warehouse in the middle of nowhere and went in thinking, God, this is going to be filled with And there's just, just enough stuff in it tied me over for a bit. And there's a couple of zombies in there that I had to deal with and I dealt with them. I was safe to a degree, but the game is so good at pushing you to sort of not accept when you're comfortable and to think mm. well maybe I should go and see something else have I got enough here because there was a little bit of food there was enough water but I had nothing with me to sort of store any more water at that point and I was there just thinking well maybe if I go a bit further I can go back to a town or something or whatever and you know it turned out I just went and walked for ages and ages and I eventually did die at first because because I just didn't trust the game to be giving me something that was truly happy and comfortable for a bit and I, I could if I stayed an extra day maybe I would have survived that, that's the thing about it and mm. I love those little decisions that you make yourself where you're like oh well if I do this or do that then maybe I might you're gambling effectively in a way that the game isn't going against you by any means by doing this it's just saying that you know here's the thing you found it we're not going to tell you what's going to come up from here and I think you know there's moments like that all throughout it there's another one where I was just I heard a helicopter and I don't know what the helicopters mean in the game but I thought well maybe, maybe it's salvation maybe it's a way out you know like that and like that so I went to follow it and of course what you kind of forget in the moment is like if I can hear it what else can hear it you know that and of course so <laughs> right. everything's going towards the sound of this helicopter and yeah again I left the safety of the house and ended up just having to run away for ages because and and you know made it hard on myself by simple human nature you know and this is what I like well, it's like you're in your own little anthology of these stories where the person you are is going to I mean the disclaimer pretty much is there when you start each game and it's like this is how I die you know so that's it you are in this anthology of how people especially in single player how they die alone you know and uh, in isolation and that's the thing you're always kind of hoping that you're going to find something that's a bit more comfortable just hoping that the next thing you find will be the promised land you know and taking for granted what you have and that in itself is beautiful storytelling without ever meaning to you know? and I think that's to me is the greatest quality of Project Sunvoid yeah I became increasingly uh, appreciative of like the devil in the details mentality to a lot of the stat crunching mm. things like that and you know touching upon a couple of the things that you mentioned the game is so meticulous in every single detail of the character that you're playing that it really does make you feel stupid for the first few hours and that of course how did i not think of that yeah. like it almost reteaches you how games used to be yeah. in terms of like it there is no like video gaminess to this game in terms of like the sim quality of it 
because every single detail that I've encountered has a very real world application mm. to it. Like the first time I loaded it up, what did I do? I went to the pantry of my starting house. I loaded up on canned goods and whatnot. And I went exploring and fucked off to another part of the map. And then when it came time to eat, I tried to open up a can of chili and it was like, well, I, there's no eat option here. <laughs> and then dying of starvation and realizing, oh, well, yeah, I don't have a can opener. And like, stupid, of course you can't open up this can. And so little, like, the game is sprinkled with so many moments like mm. that. And yet the world itself, you know, not to say it's plentiful with resources, but at the same time, I feel that every single need that you need, <laughs> every single need that your character has there are multiple avenues or options for that. Like yes. in your case, you said that your guy didn't have enough bottles to, uh, or canteens rather, to fill with water. But at the same time, if you find a structure, you can drink from the sink. Yeah. You can drink from, uh, I think you can even drink from like a toilet or a shower yeah. or something. But in, just to show like there are multiple solutions to a majority of problems, which I think is smart because otherwise you're kind of just like running around looking for one specific thing. Yeah. And, you know, this gets to like the ranking of what is the most effective in terms of items and resources and things like that. Like, of course, there's going to be, again, coming back to checks and balances, certain things are going to be better use for the character in a specific moment, but you're never limited to one specific thing, which I think would end up feeling like a scavenger hunt or a very restrictive scavenger hunt, yeah. right? Um, whereas in this... There aren't many options for scenarios, but there is more than one, which I think is very important. Um, but again, you really, I really can't understate or we can't understate the, you know, the umpteenth degree to which a lot of like the stat management is for this game. Like the first time I was running around in clothing because I got chased by a horde and I get a little icon that says like, oh, you're uncomfortable because you're sweating mm. too much. I was like, what the hell is this? <laughs> and then just like, and What's perfect is is that for this type of game, there is so little hand-holding that, again, you have to experiment. Otherwise, yeah. you know, this is going to be the shorter life of the next short life that your character has. And it's rewarding in that sense that in experimentation, you're teaching yourself the ways in which to play this game. And, you know, personally, I don't necessarily think I should... I'm interested in playing a game that I have to manage my body temperature or certain other variables that this game touches upon, but I'm at least appreciative of the fact that the same logic that is applied to one element of this game is applied to everything. Yeah. Um, whether or not that makes for a, you know, I don't know if I would say Project Zomboid is necessarily enjoyable for oh, me, no. but I, I'm I, very appreciative of a lot of the different survival elements that it introduces, and more importantly, it follows through. It doesn't pull any punches in that regard. Yeah, you know, this is a fascinating thing for me. I'm very much in two minds with video games and either it's something that instantaneously grabs me and keeps the pace up throughout or it's stuff that is willfully obtuse and aggressively against the player <laughs> and I'm into it for that and you know I'm into I'll wait and do nothing for a while you know I don't mind <sighs> I bring I brought this up um I'm going to bring this up I might add it as uh, a point that um just I no I did thinking about it I brought this up in my preview of Ghostwire of Ghostwire Tokyo um whereas I had this thing about uh, isolated areas things that are normally populated you know the areas that are normally populated having this you know, suddenly being without people, you know, and how that feels. And this is one of those where it, it really just connects with me in that level where you kind of don't mind not doing much necessarily in, for a bit because you know it's coming. You know you're going to get your moments where something is going to happen. Um, but it, Projects on Void, for me, the best thing it does is that you know what Dawn of the Dead did for me is that it has this whole section where it just deals with how fucking boring it would be to have nothing happening and how that boredom ends up being destructive 
because of what Flyboy ends up doing and how he ends up reacting to invaders because he wants some excitement. He wants some action like that. And that ends up feeling like a very natural response here in that you can go ages without anything happening and you feel like you're accomplishing something for a while when you've like hidden in a room in the dark for a while because you don't dare turn a fucking light on because you, you know what's downstairs if you do and yet you'll get out of that situation and the minute you come into action suddenly everything changes and you're like no I, I'm gonna fight my way out of here I'm gonna it's gonna be a big fuck you to this horde and like that and it will go wrong it, it will go wrong and then and what is better to encapsulate the, the whole sort of zombie apocalypse media out there that than that you know where you are pretty much doomed by your own boredom you know from the moments where you're not having to fight off zombie hordes where you're not having to have bickering contests against rival clans and all this shit because it's not not really about that it's really you want to find something that reminds you of what life was like and that conflict that happens to be one of those things you know yeah I mean you, you took the example right out of my mouth in terms of like this game capitalizing on that section of Dawn of the Dead where it really shows like the mundane boredom of it. It's not so much like, can you survive the zombie apocalypse, but can you find reasons why you want to survive, Mm. right? And kind of that element of it, I think Project Zomboid channels in some pretty fundamental ways. And it was an element that I, or a routine rather, that I found myself getting in when if I had a life going on for too long, not to say that I had any that went on for more than, you know, probably... 45 minutes if most <laughs> that was probably the most for me um with, but then again i didn't play for that long but the idea that i found myself taking more risks as soon as i started to experience boredom or just be like okay i'm in this routine now mm. and whatnot and need to mix things up again speaking to the anecdotal nature of the game and you know you having to like quote unquote make your own fun sometimes within the game I found that when I was in a rut like that, I was like, well, let me take some risks and fuck around and see what kind of weird anecdotes I can get out of it, which is furthermore, I think reinforces just the praise that this game deserves again for the amount of detail in every single fundamental gameplay element that nobody would ever think of. Like the first time I was getting pursued by a horde and I came up to a house that I couldn't find a window that would open I was like, fuck it. There's the option to open it or to smash it. So I smashed it. And what did I do? Smashed it and I jumped through and immediately cut myself on the glass. I've been playing games for, you know, 20 plus years. When was the last time I broke a pane of glass in a game and I thought, oh, this could have a negative effect? Fucking never. Like, that's never been a point of me playing games ever. And the fact that I was faced with that for the first time and it was a genuine surprise, it instilled a moment of panic in me that, you know, Sure, after the, I don't know, 20th time I did it, it became a little bit of an annoyance. But in that moment, like, that's an adrenaline moment in that instance of uh, that specific life. Like, the idea that, okay, now all of a sudden, it's not bad enough I'm being pursued by a horde, and I've got one bullet in my shotgun, and I've got one bag of, like, chips or something left. Now I'm bleeding, and I don't have any bandages. And you've left uh, an open area for them to come through as well, which is... Well, exactly, that as well. Yeah, so it just adds up. It's like you've risked everything to escape, and yet all you're doing is just... You're you're not putting any distance between yourselves. You're hoping that you can shut yourself away (laughs) in a room, really, and climb out another window if you're lucky. But at that point, you need to make sure you've got everything in hand. And as we said the way the game unfolds means that you are unlikely to have everything on hand for the plan you are carrying out at this moment because you will think of the plan in your head as the moment happens and forget you don't have all the tools to complete that plan and the variables of that plan that could happen as well which again is just exquisite it's dark comedy at its best really when the game throws situations like that at you where you can die from the most stupid things and you just you just shake your head at it and you go you know what yeah that that was me that was full on me I could have thought about that a bit better 
Well, it's the type of thing where it's like with the game like this, it's not one that I'm necessarily going to like play for long periods of time, mm. but it's the type of thing where I could I see myself revisiting this, you know, once a week, every other week or something like that going down the line where it's like, okay, I got some free time on a Sunday night or whatever. I've already been playing whatever we're going to cover on the podcast and for the coming episode and whatnot. Let me fuck around and see how long I can live, or let me try a build for a character yeah. class and see what kind of wild anecdote I can get out of it, so I can you know share it with you or somebody else that's played the game, or just you know get a laugh uh, that I can uh, relate to somebody else because the game really again like you have it seem it seems like an unlimited amount of variables to master, yes. and yet the varying degrees of difficulty and the various modes and the various sizes of an environment, you know. For a game that's been in development as long as it has, and no matter what some people might think of what it is from afar, it's like when you actually sit down and play it, every single life plays out differently than the previous one. No matter what you've learned, no matter what you begin with, you know, if you play it enough, you're eventually going to spawn in a similar house or spawn in a starting zone that's going to be similar. Like there's one that's in fog. There's one where it's almost like a mobile home. There's one where it's a two-story home. And, you know... After a while, you're going to have the same items or the same layout and whatnot. But I guarantee you that every single playthrough is going to be still somewhat different or defined by an element that you either didn't see coming, you didn't prepare for, or just throws you a curveball that you weren't expecting occasionally. Um, and I think that that is, you know, that's an achievement in and of its own, or a success rather, of a majority of like survive, good survival sims. Mm. Um, and, you know, to throw in the whole zombie element to it is kind of like the cherry on top for people like you and I that really revel in those types of games. And, you know, of course, it's more in line with our uh, horror sensibilities. Yeah, it's um, remarkable, to say the least, that it works as well as it does. But, you know, why wouldn't it? You know, when when the time and the effort has been put into a very consistent idea of what they wanted to do and you know it it's deserved this uh, surge in popularity it's got in the last year or so where they've really started honing their craft and making it the thing they wanted to make it a bit more and you know the promise of what is to come as well you know that is there um for this kind of game it, it's worked well and it it's not the first example of uh, an indie game that has uh you know, flown under the radar for a bit and then sort of jumped up and got in the face of people a little further down the line. I mean, Christ, Among Us, look at that, you know, and the way that went, you know, that it was two years, you know, it was out there in the wild and suddenly it caught on with one update and that was it. You know, like, <laughs> yeah. it happens more and more and this is the most positive argument for early access, you know, that you can have games like this mm. where you can keep pushing your game out and to do different things until you're ready for it to be ready. I mean, it sounds like a long time when you think close to a decade has passed and you are still in early access, but you can appreciate why. And it's not stigma it used to be. Back when there were, mm. there were early access games that really did just push the idea of what that meant into some very insulting levels. You know, it's like, these are the sort of games that really needed it and really personify what early access means. You know, it's a game that is constantly evolving in development and really the sort of game that has led bigger games to do what they do with live service content and sort of continually, you know, oh, the base game isn't so good, but then, you know, you look at it a year later and now it's better because they've added all this stuff. You know, they've got the budget to do that, so that makes sense. But here it's like, no, this is that distilled, you know, it is a game that is made with love from the ground up and they want to keep pushing it into new areas, new design, and then they have a, a clear plan about what they want to do with Project Sunboid and it's working mm. and clearly working really well and like I said before it it has so much that reminds me of classic PC games the games I would gladly spend hours doing next to nothing in for hours at a time and be up till six o'clock six o'clock in the morning you know because I just wanted to 
carrying a bit longer, carrying a bit longer back in the day. And it has that perfectly. And, you know, I've started, I had PC gaming back in the late 90s, you know, and the early 2000s, I was really into it really heavily back then. And this is that kind of game that made me love that sort of thing. You know, Operation Flashpoint, which ironically um, is a precursor to everything that ended up being Daisy or PUBG but Battlegrounds, you know, is there in that game because that, that studio made all the things that ended up being Daisy, that ended up being Armour. And that the beautiful thing about that was how everything was so isolated and like you wouldn't see anyone for ages sneak away tactically and finally find this one unit and take them on and you could die in a single shot and it was thrilling you know when you think about it as an actual gaming experience by modern standards people would surely hate it because it wouldn't make sense as an idea but it it worked because PC did things like that then that just didn't you would not get on console because it just would not work and you know the audience that the consoles had would not accept that kind of game. And while that's not the case anymore, and I, I fully expect this will be something that will come to consoles at some point down the line. I mean, you can play it with a controller now, so you know it's not that they're fully against the idea, but it's one of those that really does, no, no matter what you play on, just feels very comfortable being a PC game in, in the most traditional sense. Yeah, you know, my, the brief aside about like, PUBG, when I came to that game, it felt very reminiscent of a lot of the like older PC games that I was playing when I was growing up. Mm. And that was what was thrilling about it, you know, going through however many console cycles of playing, you know, Call of Duty and things like that, where yeah. it's like, oh, as soon as you die, you just respawn in. That was the appeal of PUBG, I'm sure not just to me, but to tons of people, yeah. which is why that became such a big hit. And to see that applied to, again, a survival horror zombie game in a way that I hadn't experienced in years and not necessarily that I'd been seeking it out, but just to stumble upon something like that, that kind of like scratched that hardcore itch while it might've been in limited sessions for me, I still was very appreciative of the fact Mm. to even experience something like that. And, you know, in mentioning combat, um, I'm curious because we haven't really touched upon it too much. How did you find the combat in uh, project Zomboid overall? I mean, it feels right, you know, for the kind of game it is. It feels unwieldy. It feels rough. Um, obviously, it's better depending on what skills you have and don't or don't have. But um, yeah, it's you quickly learn what works and what doesn't. You know, it's like you can have weapons and carry them in your hand, and they are important, but they've got to be aimed in the right place when one of the moves you can use whatever is to sort of shove them to the ground and mm-hmm. that is your key move you use that push them to the ground and stomping on them is like oh you kill them but if you want to conserve energy which is you know the key thing you want to take away you want to go walk towards their head and stomp at the head you know you actually have to stomp at the head you know it's not like a, a simple button press and it automatically does it you have to be there at that top point. Otherwise, you're just stomping away at the midsection for a while and and not getting there. And I like that about it. I like these little... Despite the isometric nature of the game and how far away you are from the action, even when you're zoomed in, you you kind of sense the danger of, like, the wrong movement, the, the wrong way of going about a situation like that. If you don't push in time, you could get bitten. And at that point, you're just like, fuck it, what's the point? You know, like, <laughs> it, there are instances, as much as you want to survive as long as you can and learn from it, there are times when that happens and you're just like, well, there's enough around you and you know it's going to be tough to escape, you just let them have you and just, you know, you get treated to that very maudlin thing of seeing your character just walking around on screen undead, you know? <laughs> and that's it combat feels exactly like it should for this game it doesn't feel like it's hardcore in any way you don't feel like you're a badass you feel like you're someone really struggling to survive regardless of who you are and what your background is you know it's like you cannot anticipate this level of threat and it has been thrust upon you and this is what you get 
Yeah, you know, it's the type of thing where the first dozen deaths I had or half dozen deaths probably was I was much more frustrated with combat because I didn't have the mentality that this is a learning experience and this is more of a sprint rather than a marathon uh, from character to character. And, you know, the more I played the game, the less the combat bothered me because I was so sparingly seeking combat yes. out, you know, early on, of course, like the in the inclination for people, I guess, with my sensibilities in playing games is that it's like, well, there's a zombie there. I'm going to take that motherfucker mm. out. But it's always the safer route to avoid them, Absolutely. obviously. Um, but it's, I guess the only point where that kind of falls apart a little bit for me is just like f fighting crowds is not viable or fighting even more than one or two is not viable. No, certainly not early on. Certainly not. But the I guess the only real detriment... I found was using firearms and maybe it's the isometric nature of it. It's just that I found even with a shotgun, I had a hell of a time hitting targets mm -hmm. in a way that like you would think would actually take them down, like shooting a guy. And this takes it back to like the first time I ever played um, the original fallout, which was obviously isometric. Um, the first time I ever shot somebody with a shotgun point blank and they didn't fall down immediately. I was just like, irate. <laughs> the idea that that wouldn't take them down. And, you know, this is a little less about, like, there's no die roll, but it's more about, in this case, like, just facilitating the aim properly yeah. with the isometric nature. That is still hit or miss mm -hmm. in a way that I think needs to be refined in future updates. But that is less so of a worry or less concerning just because, again, if you look at the trajectory of the development cycle, no matter how long it is, it has been, at least recently, it has been frequent. Mm. It has not been few and far between in terms of updates and ensuring that this is a product that is continuing to evolve. Um, I'm not, and you know the sensibility that the more you play the game and the more you realize that like okay, combat is not in your best interest. This is a last ditch effort. Yeah. It is, and the game facilitates more than one route in yes. that regard and more than one viable play style, which I think is important because you're never thrust into a situation where combat's the only option because. That would not be in line with the sim, really. No. Uh, if you think about it, in terms of like welcoming a variety or a bevy of play styles and whatnot. Yeah, I really liked actually an element that you touched upon, where it's more, it's less about you know aiming for the general part of a zombie or locking on. It's more about like where you're going to hit them. Yeah. And that in and of itself teaches the player that every single detail is important. Yes. And every single action needs to be meticulously planned to the second or third step before you've even made it. Um, and always ensuring you have an exit plan and things like that or do I have enough bandages in case this goes south because there were times where I tried to shove a zombie after I hit it and I fucking missed and then I get bit and all of a sudden I'm running around with like this leaking wound that I don't have a solution for right away and all of a sudden my plan goes tits up and I have to run to an adjacent house or I have to run a mile back to my starting house yeah. where I had bandages um, so yeah I think that again this game's ability to stack the various depths of every single sort of like stat management or inventory management is to a degree that is, you know, it's impressive given the volume of that. But at the same time, every facet of gameplay really complements one and the other in a way that doesn't feel, I don't know, randomized doesn't, isn't the right word, but just in terms of like everything complements each yes. other in a way that feels viable. So if you're scrambling for an exit plan or an alternative strategy, there's at least a path, a viable pathway to something yes. that is a backup plan, even if it's not the best backup plan. Hmm. Absolutely. Um, so, I mean, such upon the game as it is, one of the newest features uh, to the game that really started selling it to people more is the introduction of multiplayer. Uh, and so, hmm. I know you didn't get a chance to go into it yourself, but I've played some and I've watched a lot of this as well because I, I was fascinated to see how that would work out and yet this is the other part of uh, zombie apocalypse fiction that, that uh, was perhaps missing beforehand you know which is like you know man is a real monster in these uh, environments and yet yet you have this really good idea of the people you're with is whether you know them or not being they could be the bad guy in your story they could be your com 
patriot. You know, you don't know what you're going to get. People will look out for themselves because we all we just discussed about what Project Zomboy does as a game and how you know, one wrong decision can fuck you up entirely. You know, it's like, well, you're going to take that into account when you're playing with other people on a server. You know, you can play with a, you know, a dozen, couple, half, two dozen people, and you may all be doing your own thing. Maybe you choose to interact with each other. That again is a very wonderful thing that you, know, you get that choice. It's like you don't have to unless you know, if you're going to play with people you know, then you're naturally going to go, oh yeah, we'll team up, we'll do this, this, and this. But if you're playing on a server where it's strangers, you may never see them. Um, you may <laughs> see the notifications that they've died or whatever but you can have these moments where you don't know what their intentions are and unlike DayZ where that was always like the water cooler moment of like oh well I met another player and they were an arsehole to me and they bludgeoned me to death because they were better than me um, there's the way the game is set up there's nature to it where you're not entirely sure what the other person could or could not do to you that I don't think is present in Daisy. You know, it's like sometimes you can tell you know they can put on a good front you know you, you can sh- you can uh, show the right armor on and uh, make yourself look like you're intimidating but it can be a bluff you know just as much it's like they could look really good they could have shit amount of weapons you could have a better weapon than them you could have a gun they could have none you know they could make it look like they got something they could have a gun in their hand and it have no bullets and <laughs> right. uh, this is what I love about it it's like because that's the way the game's set up you don't know you don't know what they're going to do so it's a choice and conversation really becomes very important you know like I, I don't mean like in you know typing out on a keyboard or in game it's like it's literally like voice-to-voice communication is essential for making Project Zomboid work as a multiplayer experience because you need to have dialogue with someone to really get the nuance of it because it doesn't work any other way. You you can't really uh, get the best out of a conversation because people and their default option tends to go towards violence, you know, and stupid as that is that ends in death for them or for you and whether rightly or wrongly that decision was made you've made it and someone's worse off for it yeah you know also you know like you said i haven't played multiplayer but with something like project zomboid versus something like um daisy with something like Project Zomboid, like it is so intense about all the survival elements and trying to survive as long as you can, mm. outside of obviously the various like trolls and things like that, people that just want to, you know, kill somebody as soon as they find yeah. them. It's more advantageous to see how long you can partner yeah. with somebody. So this seems like the game that is more there's more of a positive outcome from teamwork, whereas with something like DayZ, as little as I've played of that though, it's more like okay, it, combat is a big focus of certain elements of mm. that and I don't attribute that game is not nearly as deep in terms of the survival elements as Project Zomboid so the emphasis on trying to survive as long as possible I find is not nearly as heavy handed no. as it were um, and especially you know obviously Daisy, like you have a first person perspective and things like that if you want other than the third person and so I find in that regard, like combat is just more inevitable because mm. it has more of the sort of perspective to go along with that. So there's a little bit of a heavier emphasis on it just from a presentation yes. standpoint, I think. And, you know, people jumping into it. Whereas Project Zomboid, like, yeah, you want to have those fun anecdotes, but those anecdotes only come through a experimentation, seeing how long you can survive, trying new things. But then also like teamwork adds a whole new facility to that. Yeah that I find exciting. And, you know, if it wasn't just my, you know, schedule or I'm not, I'm not the biggest multiplayer gamer. It's the type of thing where I'm like, well, this is the type of game that I should make time for multiplayer versus something that is any other zombie mm. game or horror multiplayer game that we've uh, talked about or something, things that are out there just based off of like my experience with project Zomboid and the anecdotes I have, which I want to get into a little more to wrap us up. But 
the idea of playing with another person and having an anecdote that incorporates teamwork into it, that sounds exciting. And that sounds like just a new facet of the anecdotes that I already have from spending, you know, five or six hours in single player with it. Yeah. And I think going forward, that's going to be the key strength of the game is that you now have this human dynamic. I mean, they're going to add more NPC things to it as well. So you have that if you don't want to play online. So that will help as well. But, you know, as much as I've, uh, you know, eulogized about the qualities of the loneliness and isolation of the game, it's nice to have both options, I think, to have the idea of having other survivors and dealing with them and making those stories. Because that is the other part of it. You know, when it comes down to it, you know, when I referenced Dawn of the Dead, you know, as much as you have this boredom of doing anything you want in a very comfortable space and then that being a destructive element the other part of that is people and how they are reacting you know whether that be strangers or not you know um, one of my favourite things seeing people do in YouTube videos and Twitch whatever is you know as groups seeing someone get bit Mm. and basically put them out of their misery whether they want (laughs) to be or not you know it's like it just beautiful because how what games really <laughs> let you do that you know and really right. let you experience that and again it comes back to this very uh personal storytelling you know it's like it just works so well for this game that you can just do what you want and make it how well it really feeds into this whole subsection of gaming where people love to role play in certain games you know like it's been going on for Mm. years it used to be back I think back to San Andreas GTA San Andreas and the people used to like do PC role playing servers of that you know so it's always been there you know you have people wanting to play a role in a story of an, an open flexible world and this really does have every ingredient for that to work and again I think the strength of it comes from being a PC game and that's why it works best I do not think you would get the same level of interaction from console audiences generally speaking absolutely I don't see this work you know they might be able to make it work on console but it just it seems like there's such a hardcore aspect to it Mm. that feeds into the longevity for many of the reasons you just listed that just makes it more viable on PC and the smarter thing. It seems like it would be very short-term gains to put this on console, if we're being honest. Um, But, you know, in in wrapping up, I thought we could both share, you know, one or two uh, juicy or memorable anecdotes of uh, character death or fight for their life that uh, was particularly memorable for uh, for us. Oh, man. Uh, I probably mentioned a few of mine, so that's pretty... I think... um, if I go back to multiplayer in my small amount of time with it, relatively speaking, there were instances where trust was like, you, know, you could tell how sketchy it was because it's strangers and everyone, nobody's sure what anyone, and the default in games is to be a dick to people and, and it's almost suspicious when anyone is nice. And I remember everyone was like holding one house the fog was going on outside there was a storm going on and we were like oh you know we closed all the curtains we made sure everything was like intact and we could have the light on we could have the TV on and we could all just sit in front of the TV and watch these videos we had together and like up our skill base like that and you know we'd been going so well as a group for a while and this one guy just literally decided that he'd open the curtains to check on something and of course he picked the wrong time of course he picked the wrong time yeah. and that, so he had zombies at that and it's like so one guy was like oh well I'll go out around the back and try and drag them off to go away from here and I thought, oh, that's cool yeah you know, that's you know tactical move brilliant like that of course he panicked because he went off took the zombie off to one area and then met more and then it came back because the fog was so bad he couldn't see very far so he, he ended up coming back to the house and coming in but then one of the, one of the guys had locked the door so he couldn't come in 
and like so <laughs> oh, it just it quickly descended into madness and like people just scattered like you know I, I ran out of the house I grabbed a few things that were available to me left the house ran out into the fog and ended up getting into a very sticky situation and dying myself uh, eventually but yeah it it didn't seem to go well for anyone and it just showed that just one person's stupid action ends up making this whole fucking mess and you know in most multiplayer experiences you'd be stacking that person forever for doing something they've done but for me it was just like it really tied into this whole idea of role playing and being in this zombie apocalypse where someone's got to be that guy to make it work and, and I love that about it it's like I didn't feel like I wasted my time I felt I felt richer for that experience well if he hadn't brought a horde back he would have gotten bit and then came back and not told anybody about it and then made a new problem for y'all to deal with but I think that that's the beauty of this game is that it's able to tap into a element of zombie storytelling or whatnot that only film has really been able to capture yeah. up until it seems a more polished you know again we've mentioned this game has been in development for ever it seems but it's at a state where it's more polished and getting a little more buzz yeah. around it with new features and things like that that more people get to be exposed to something that you know is very niche but at the same time like for all the reasons we've been mentioning and you know especially i think like the anecdotal nature of it it's only been a matter of time i think until this game really does find the audience that something like Among Us has in terms of it, you know, having features that maybe sound appealing to people and then one person streams it on Twitch and whatnot and they see the potential for those types of moments, you know. It's one thing for a game that has a multiplayer aspect and it would be like, oh, I'm going to get bit and then purposely infect everybody in this house or hold up it. But I think long term, and if anything, it feeds into the longevity of it for all of these different scenarios and then you know, facing chaos or one thing that kind of throws the group's plan into turmoil, and then everybody by, you know, some uh, margin of luck, more error than luck probably, but they find out a way to survive that instance, and then they can regroup and continue on. Like, those little anecdotal moments, I find, give a game like this, the it deserves the proper notoriety that it gets, but also a fandom yeah. that comes with that, that almost like surpasses the hardcore audience that obviously this game from the jump appeals to but that sort of just having the potential for a lot of various scenarios that you can't necessarily plan for it makes this game exciting in a way that you know i haven't found that a lot of zombie games necessarily are in a long time um and you know again this game has been around for a while but this being the most polished it's ever been and the bevy of new features it's gotten you know It'd be interesting to check back in this game with three months, six months, nine months, a year, and just see if it finally is going to get the fandom that built around it that, you know, it always sort of deserved, even if it was always like inklings of the true potential that it had. Yeah, I mean, it started at a period where, you know, this kind of, you know, the basic idea of it was ten a penny. Um, Mm. But it's the rare example of something where they haven't rushed what they're doing, they've gone on taking everything into consideration. There's an understanding of what zombies are that I don't think other games have. You know, like yeah. it, they get what the real threat of zombies is, and it isn't necessarily them. It's their numbers, it's human, you know, ingenuity and stupidity, and <laughs> social interaction. These things all come together to make those situations organic, you know, if you don't have a story set out to make those points, um, you know, doing it like this so organically really makes it exciting because you have to control over every aspect of that story to a degree, but other people and uh, other situations can change it at the drop of the hat. You, You can be the most prepared person and make the right plans and it go wrong not because of anything you did it's just the world you live in means that you got seen you made the wrong strategy to get back and now you're fucked and your safe house is no longer safe and 
you end up going on an adventure you never wanted to go on. But the alternative is um, living with your boredom. And games have so well taught us that you know we should be moving on, we should be pushing on, we should do the next task. It doesn't matter how menial it is, you should be doing it. Do it, do it, do it, do it. And this is a game that's like, no, you can sit here a while, you can do nothing. If you set yourself up, you could stay here for days and do nothing. But it knows that. It knows that you're going to want to do that on one hand, and on the other hand, you're like, yeah, but I don't... Again, to me, a game snobbly is like, oh, I can't, I can't sit here doing nothing. That's not a game. That's not a game. That doesn't... And yeah, it is very much a game, because that's... Yeah, the game is patience, you know? What can you withstand? How much can you hold out in one place playing this game? before you go mad and decide you have to go do something really reckless and stupid and the answer generally is like even for the most patient minds is yeah I'm going to go do something stupid because that, that's human nature in the hope that you'll find something better you'll do something better you might learn something new and often you don't yeah it's the type of game that I think the player has to make their own fun to a certain degree but whatever type of fun they choose there is sort of the the depth of the mechanics that will facilitate that in a way that is actually quite liberating as, you know, hardcore and difficult as this yeah. game can be. It's liberating to have a modicum of understanding in each life that further makes you somewhat of a master of the game in a way that doesn't feel handholdy or passive aggressive. And, you know, it's it's the type of thing where it's like, you know, you could play, I played this for six hours and I felt like I barely scratched the surface in a way that was actually exciting in the face of it being daunting at the same time. Uh, I never had played anything quite as, uh, as deep or as, you know, the bevy of mechanics that this game includes. And, you know, of course with the multiplayer component, it adds a whole nother facet of an experience that I was didn't know I needed, but now in terms of talking about it with you, I'm just like, I have to try multiplayer at least a couple of times just to get some juicy anecdotes out of it to share with you. But, you know, Project Zomboid uh, seems to be a, uh, a one-of-a-kind experience. And while it is very hardcore and unforgiving, there is a level of uh, level of enjoyment that I get out of it that, I don't know, might make me a bit of a sycophant, <laughs> but I enjoy, uh, I enjoy torturing each and every character I make out of it if, if only to uh, you know further my understanding of the mechanics yeah. and the true the new uh, new facets of uh, entertainment out of that so I appreciate you you know shedding light on a game that I had completely forgotten about years ago and yet it has granted me with an experience that is you know it's not a stretch to say unrivaled within mm. the space of uh, zombie horror games whether they be survival or otherwise but you know, this is uh, a game that I think has to be experienced to be believed because yeah. it is uh, quite unlike most things out Absolutely. there. Absolutely. But Neil, as always, it is a, uh, a pleasure chatting horror with you for Safe Room. Absolutely. Till the next time. Thank you for listening to another episode of Safe Room. Please consider following and rating the show on your preferred podcast platform. And for updates on the show, follow us on Twitter at Safe Room Pod. Thanks again for listening and we'll see you guys next week. Murder in America is a true crime podcast that covers stories from all 50 states, including stories of mass shootings, serial killers, and lesser-known murders. Do you find yourself doing more research after listening to a true crime show? Well, Courtney and I used to do the same thing, and that's why we created Murder in America. Our podcast dives deep into each case. Our storytelling will make you feel like you're right there within the case with us, watching it all play out, and we do not shy away from the graphic details. If you're a fan of true crime, then listen to Murder in America on Spotify now. 